Hello and welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. Um, my name is Jed Shepard and this week I'm at the Art Film Festival in Slovakia. Um, it's a little city called Kšice, um, and I've been trying really hard to say it properly and it's Kšice. It really is Kšice. Um, this festival isn't Kšice. This festival is great and um, uh, we've been screening Dawn of the Death here. Um, I'm here joined by... Uh, I'd say cinematographer, uh, Rory Sola. Hi. Hi, how are you, Rory? Great. How has the uh, festival been for you so far? Oh, it's been amazing, man. I've never expected to ever be in Slovakia in my life. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, it's been really good. I'm enjoying the films. Um, obviously, yeah. your film is amazing. Cool, um, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to seeing more. We went to see Free Fire the other day. Uh, yes, was it yesterday or the day before? It's the day before. Um, which was which really good. That's the new Ben Wheatley film. Missed it at Sundance, so it was great. Got a chance to see it in, in Slovakia. What what a crazy film. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Not sure what was going on. I don't know who was on whose side, but uh, it was very enjoyable indeed. Um, so the premise of this show, in case um, anyone doesn't know, is uh, two people bouncing... Um, recommendations off each other um, stuff that's underrated and undervalued stuff that we think should uh, be recommended and added to your to your, your watch lists um, it doesn't just have to be Netflix don't get confused by the name of the show um, it can be any streaming flat platform so um, if you're if it's streaming on YouTube even or Amazon or Hulu or anywhere as long as the general public can find it then it's valid a valid recommendation um, so as always I will go first as I am the host of the show. My name is Jed Shepard. And my first choice, Rory, is going to be the 1985 film Cat's Eye. Now, do you know anything about Cat's Eye? No, I just know Cat's Eye are the, the lights in the centre of the road. Yeah, it, it's not just about those things. Um, it's a 1985 film that Stephen King wrote the uh, screenplay for. Um, and it's essentially uh, three short stories um, all connected by a cat. Ooh. Yeah. So the... Cat wanders through each of these stories uh, quite tenuously, uh, mostly. Um, but this is one of the best horror anthology films ever. And just to give you a bit of background, horror anthology films are like one of my favourite things in the world. Just a collection of weird horror all, all together in one with a really tenuous wraparound story. It just gets me going. Um, and this is only something I've seen recently. I don't remember ever seeing this before. Um, but I looked at a list of like the best horror anthologies and Cat's Eye was up there, and I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen this film, especially as it's Stephen King. Um, but the cast of this is, is great. It's Drew Barrymore, James Woods, um, and some other people. They're the two, two main people. And, and it's uh, Drew Barrymore when she's kids, so just post-ET, like I think maybe the year after ET. And it's great. Um, the, the three stories are very different. First story is James Woods trying to quit smoking. So he goes to this company, um, and he said, okay, I'll do do anything to quit smoking because my wife's sick of it. So they said, okay, if you sign up, we will uh, do it, but you've got to accept the terms. And he's like, what's the terms? And then this door opens in this room and he sees a cat in there being electrocuted. And he's like, if you, if you, smoke, if you smoke once, then your wife's going to be electrocuted. Um, if she smokes, if you smoke twice, then she'll be like beaten up or whatever three times and she's, she's dead and I think you're dead too so he's like okay well I need to quit smoking so he agrees to this and then so the whole thing is about him trying to give up smoking um, and the people who, who work for this company hiding in this cupboard to try and catch him out and then one time he thinks he's alone in this car and he, and he, and he lights up 
and then the guy in the car next to him turns out to be someone from this company. Um, yeah, and all hell breaks loose. And um, that's the first one. Uh, second one, I'm not going to go through every single thing, but like the second one um, is about a guy who, uh, a rich guy who is, is into betting, and he says to this other guy, um, if you walk along the ledge of this building, I will give you all my money and m- my entire company. Um, and the guy's like, well, like I could die. And the guy's like, well, you'll get all this money if you do it. So he, he does it, he goes on the ledge, and then this rich guy is just trying to like make him fall off, the, like putting hoses on him and stuff. Um, and that one's really good. And the last one is probably the best one and the most famous one. It's Drew Barrymore fighting a monster that comes to her room every night. So she's like, Mom, Dad, there's a monster in my room that comes out of the wall. And they're like, oh, let's just go back to bed, Drew Barrymore. And and this 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 like gnome like goblin creature comes out of the room every night and tries to um, steal her soul through her mouth like her breath, um, and then uh, she has a dog that tries to like fight it. Oh, so good. A oh, good dog. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what dogs can do. Um, but yeah, this is brilliant. This is it's a nineteen eighty five film, Cat's Eye, um, and again, this is probably in my top three horror anthologies. Um, after uh, Tales from the Dark Side, which has um, got Debbie Harry in it as a cannibal, and maybe Trilogy of Terror, which is Karen Black, just being awesome in three different stories. Um, but yeah, this is available streaming for free on YouTube right now. So type in Cat's Eye 1985, Stephen King or something, and you can watch it right now. And I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, and that's my first choice. Rory, what is your first choice of what to watch on Netflix? Ooh, One Punch Man. This is this is crazy. It's, uh, the popularity has risen so rapidly. It was first. It was uh, a web comic uh, yeah. written by, written and illustrated by uh, a man known as One. He's actually <laughs> a, a very very bad artist, but that kind of adds to the whole thing. And then that got yeah. changed into a manga, and then quickly got uh, changed into. Um, or ten- evolved into uh, an anime. Yeah, and this I've follows, heard about this. It's yeah. a, it sounds really good. Everyone's been recommending this to me, like, off podcast, like, Jed, you need to watch One Punch Man. So what what is it about? Well, it is about an incredibly overpowered superhero named Saitama, and I mean incredibly overpowered. Think anybody, Superman, Goku, all these ridiculously strong characters, <laughs> just one punch. <laughs> yeah. So his thing is, like, he punches you once and, like, you're dead. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but... Yeah, and we don't know why he's so strong. He, he, he says it's because he trained so hard he went bald. So he's yeah. bald and he's not very cool looking, yeah. which is a contrast to most, uh, all animes where the main character has, you know, think yeah, about Dragon Ball Z, yeah. huge pointy hair and very cool looking. Um, and we don't know why he's so strong. He says it's because he did a 10 kilometer run, 100 push ups, and 100 sit ups every single day. And that's all it takes to become all, like. All it takes to become. A, you know, God level. Yeah, where he can. Yeah. Des- he can apparently destroy whole galaxies with a punch. <laughs> One punch. That's yeah. awesome. But he's the, the stories around. He has become it's so incredibly powerful that he's bored of his power. There's, uh, he, in this world, there's constant threat to the Earth of uh, all sorts of crazy, powerful monsters. Where there's a hero association, and they are all very strong themselves. Yeah. And they have all these problems, and he just strolls in at the end. It's always kind of. You think he's going to have some trouble. Yeah. Well, he does have some trouble. Like, the fight scene is still incredibly good. Yeah. The animation's amazing. Um, but you've got to remember, this is a parody anime. So yeah. a lot of fanboys of other animes get a little bit annoyed because he's, they've come along with this uh, new character who's just 
unlimited power. He, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he can, can never be beaten. He can never be beaten. See, this thing, but like with, with most uh, um, narratives, you have to have a little bit of weakness in the main character, but this is like the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So how do they keep you interested if you know all, all the time he can never be beaten? Is it just... Oh, it's very funny. It's okay. It's comedic. And if you watch other animes, you'll find it very funny because like I said, he's not very cool looking. He doesn't look like a main character in an anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's very clumsy, very funny. <laughs> he's... Uh, he start and it starts off very strong. You know, most animes you've got this arc of you know getting stronger and stronger and stronger. He yeah. starts off just boom, most powerful guy ever. <laughs> um, but he, he there's no arc at all. He just starts as the best in the world. Starts and, as the best in the world and just doesn't ever be beaten. See, that's great. So um, a lot of people find it hard to get into animes. Is this a good one to kind of start them off? Is this one? Yeah, I recommend it because it's very fast paced and that's another thing that they've done like uh, because a lot of animes have fillers. Yeah. Filler, filler, filler and they're stretching out this storyline and there's a lot of uh, unnecessary dialogue before before fights there's you know a whole episode of them just exchanging words whereas yeah. this will begin he'll, he'll, he'll face somebody who'll begin their big story and the cutscene will happen and then he'll just punch him in the face. Or he'll just <laughs> go, credits. blah, 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 shut up, and just destroy Amazing, him. amazing. So it's, it's, if you want, if you're not a watcher of anime, this is a good one to um, begin with because it is very fast-paced and, and it's very visually pleasing and it's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. That's cool. That's and where, where can people find that? Um, well, it is on uh, US Adult Swim. Okay. Uh, otherwise, um, there's various places online. Yeah. Uh, Viz.com? Viz. Yeah, Viz.com, exactly. Viz. Yeah. I mean, do you think at some point it'll be on Crunchyroll? I hope so. Yeah, the season two has been announced, which is okay. huge because there's only one season at the moment. Yeah, the manga's still going strong. The web comics even okay. further ahead. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope so. Yeah. I, I can't see why not because it's hugely popular. And just about the kind of the, the process of, of like like animes, does it does it, do they always start as kind of mangas like um like comics? And then it becomes a, an anime. Yeah. And then maybe it'll become a live action film at some point if yeah, it gets exactly. very popular. But, yeah. Most of the live action films haven't really been very good. But yeah. usually the, the manga is usually you know further ahead than the um, than the anime. So then the guys, anime elitists, I guess the guys who like they can read the mangas yeah, and be yeah. a little bit ahead and feel. You know. Yeah, nice. That's cool. Um, so that's your first choice. Uh, straight on to my second choice. My second choice. Uh, it's one that people will kind of expect from me. It's something to do with horror. But this is a documentary about a horror convention from 1986. This is Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors. Um, and this is a bit of a curiosity because um, this is essentially someone going around with uh, a terrible camera around a horror-specific convention in 1986. Now, this may not seem like the greatest thing to, to anyone who isn't into horror, but there's so much cool things. There's so many cool things that happen in this particular um, uh, documentary. So conventions, I mean, they were a thing back in 1986, but they weren't on the scale they are now because, I mean, just going to th- some recent ones, um, it's just epic in scale. These are real low-key things, like in, in kind of small hotel in the middle of nowhere um ballrooms um but they managed because it was so new they managed to pretty much get any of the top like horror stars they wanted so because this was in 1986 
I mean, what, the things that were big around then was Nightmare on Elm Street. That had kind of just come out like a year or two before. Um, so they have an interview with Robert England when he's just only just played Freddy once. Um, and he's he's obviously like a big star. And um, so you see him before the kind of the Freddy juggernauts kind of kicked off. Um, it's really cool to see him almost humble and not kind of... Um, how he is now well actually how he is now is he's made a bunch of terrible films anything he's done that's non-freddy hasn't been that great um but yeah you also see uh, rick baker who's the um big famous uh, special effects guy um and it, he, he's incredible you see like interviews with him and you also just get to see how horror fans are in 1986 because like don't forget in the 80s and also like when i was growing up Horror wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a mainstream thing. It was what the weird, weird kids were, like, were into. Like in school, you get the, the cool kids, you get the geeks, and then somewhere in between, you have the guys that are like just into horror, just wear black, sitting in the corner, um, playing on their Game Boys and talking about um, Hellraiser or whatever. Like and, you. Yeah, basically me. And <laughs> these guys are like American versions of how I was, and um, so they're really into their... Into their um, um, very specific uh, things in, in horror. They're into um, the special effects and the practical effects, which people are getting into more now. People are trying to kind of shy away from CGI because it's it doesn't look good. Um, and, yeah, it was just a real um, window into a time period um, and, and, a, and a kind of a slice of society that I would never kind of see anymore because horror, even horror conventions have become like a big thing. Some of the biggest films in the last like five, ten years have been horror films. Um, so we'll never get back to, to the stage where you'll have these massive horror stars in a small room or something in a, in a hotel in Los Angeles. Um, so it's great and it's just really funny. It's really funny to see. Um, well, anyone in the convention, really, but, like, these specific horror fans making their horror costumes, their kind of slapdash Freddy costumes with, like, um, razor fingers made out of, like, paper mache and stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a, a real interesting curio, which um, is it's free on YouTube, so you just check it out. Um, that's Fangoria Weekend of Horrors. Uh, maybe put Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors 1986 in, because this is still a valid horror film festival that's going now. So you can still go. It's also on every single year. But if you want to see what looks to be the best one is, is in 1986, then check it out on, on YouTube. Um, have you ever been to a, um, a horror film festival? No. Yeah. Well, when, when um, Fright Fest happens in next year, August, then you should come. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, so let's go straight on to your second pick. Mm-hmm. What's your second pick of what to watch on Netflix? Another anime. Okay, good. Going to anime strong. Mm-hmm. Well, what's that one? Dragon Ball Super. So this is the first original story from these guys in about 18 years. Okay. Uh, Post-Dragon Ball GT. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a little sceptical at first because I wasn't a fan of uh, GT, uh, which has came after Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But where this fits in, it's... Uh, See, I don't know anything about Dragon Ball Z. You know I was never into it, no. Well, hopefully the viewers will. Yeah, the yeah. The listeners, sorry. Um, so this happens in a, a period, this might not mean a lot to you, but okay. uh, after the defeat of Majin Buu, it was a great threat to the Earth. Oh, yeah, that storyline, so, yeah. So Dragon Ball Z <laughs> ends between that, and there's a, a huge push forward of uh, quite a few years, and then uh, ends with a little story and a bit of a, a tournament. They discover a new uh, uh, reincarnation of Majin Buu, and they try mm-hmm. and they're going to make him, uh, raise him to be... Good, because Majin Buu was very, very evil and wanted okay. to destroy and eat everybody. Um, <laughs> he could, yeah, his, his good form could turn uh, 
literally turn people into chocolate and even and biscuits. So I don't understand. So what's the what's the kind of general story then? What's uh, it's basically protecting the earth and okay. uh, there's, a, there's a lot of villains who come to earth because uh, we uh, the Goku you've heard of Goku he landed on earth and he was one of the last of the Saiyan race and the Saiyans were a warrior race that were a threat to other other planets because they were very naturally strong um, yeah. and they got wiped out by kind of like a god of destruction which we'll go into later yeah. and uh, so he landed on earth and then so he's an alien he's an alien okay. but he's a good guy very nice right. and so his job is to protect the earth but a lot of people are coming to the earth because they hear about this legendary Goku and how strong he is mm-hmm. and they want him dead okay but so this anyway this happens after the Majin Buu and um, we get it's quite it's quite a, quite weird at the beginning because we get introduced to there's 12 universes so we've only known this one universe where Goku is so there's 12 universes they're paired in two so universe 7 is the one we know where Goku is mm-hmm. so universe 7 and this sounds so six, confusing the yeah universe 7 and 6 are paired <laughs> so they're very similar so they both have the same planet and that's where Goku's race um, okay and we get introduced to because we already know the Kaioshins, which are like the head Kai's day, help balance our universe. They okay. create planets, and we get introduced to Beerus, who's been as, who's been asleep for a very very long time, <laughs> many many years, and he's a god of destruction, and his and that means he's very evil. But his job is to help balance with the Kaioshins, and he destroys planets. Okay. And so we get interested to him, and then there's twelve, there's eleven other gods of destruction. There's okay. So this is like American gods or something, like a bunch of gods coming to Earth. Oh uh, well, they they can cross between universes, but they tend not to so much. So okay. there's there's twelve universes, there's twelve gods of destructions, twelve Kaioshians. We get the twelve angels who are kind of like they oversee the god of destruction. They're very very strong, and then we find out about the Omni King, which he is the king of all twelve, and He's decided that it's too many universes, okay. too much chaos. So he was basically sitting there uh, with all these holograms of the universes, flicking them with his finger, and they're exploding. Um, so he decides that there's too many, and that how they're going to uh, decide. And there's all these mortal levels, average power level of all these universes, but he decides to have a huge tournament. Yeah. So there's a tournament of all the best fighters from these different universes battling it out. And if they lose, the universe gets erased. So oh, there's a wow, lot okay. on the line. And if they get pushed off the stage, they also erase from existence. So okay. their, their team could win, but if they fall off the stage, they're erased from existence. And this Nice. This and is like Tron, the laser discs in Tron, where, where if you fall off the stage, you're basically dead. Mm. So kind of just, just to give it a rough summary, so there's 12 universes, 12 gods... Um, and it's a competition to the death, and if they lose, you, your universe is gone. It's gone. Okay, and Goku is the main guy for one of these universes. Yeah. Okay, cool. For our universe. Our universe is Universe 7, by the way. Okay, yeah, I, I knew that, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds really cool. And um, do we, how many episodes? Because with these like animes, it seems to be like a thousand episodes, so yeah. it's really hard to kind of get into. Well, you can get into Dragon Ball Super because you can just start from it, uh, episode one, and I think there is, I think, 95 episodes so far. Okay. But you can wow. get through them. They're quite short. Uh, I have a friend who's got through 85 in three weekends, but he was a huge Dragon Ball Z yeah. fan. And but as a lot of people are, a lot of people got into anime due to uh, Dragon Ball Z as a yeah. kid like, like I did and a lot of well you kids. showed me Naruto yesterday and I was, I've always heard of the word Naruto but I didn't really know what it was about and I watched it and I was like holy guacamole this is great yeah it's amazing it's really good so, so now I can understand why people are so into Naruto just from the first episode um, yeah it's, it's brilliant so I'm, I'm going to keep watching that 
Um, so Dragon Ball Super is um, it's quite a, it's quite a recent one, isn't it? Yeah, very recent. Yeah, and Dragon Ball Z was from the nineties. Earlier. Is it from the eighties? Yeah. Wow. I know because it was Dragon Ball. Yeah, there's Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and then Dragon Ball GT. But Dragon Ball GT doesn't really follow, follow the storyline. That was yeah. a bit of a. I'm not sure. <laughs> is it anything like Pokemon? Because I always associate them like together. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Both very popular. Yeah. Same ear, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and where can people find uh, Dragon Ball Super? Well, it's just a uh, main appearance on uh, Crunchyroll, so it's all on Crunchyroll, cool. very easy to view. Nice, excellent. Uh, cool. Um, thank you for your second choice, Rory. I'm going to go to my third choice, which is an interesting one indeed. Um, have you seen the Fantastic Four? Yes. Have you really seen Fantastic Four, the original? Ooh. And this isn't the this isn't the two thousand and five film with uh, Jessica Alba or the sequel. Um, also, the two thousand fifteen film with that was rubbish. Mm-hmm. The, not even, not even the one before that. That was in like two thousand and five or whatever. This one is from nineteen ninety four, and this one is uh, directed by a guy called Oli Sassone and produced by Roger Corman, I believe. So it's live action. Live action. Yeah, yeah. I would have seen the animations from back then. But... Yeah. So just to give you a little bit of background. I'm not going to do the, the 1994 Fantastic Four. I'm going to do the documentary about it, uh, which is called Doomed, the Untold Story of the Fantastic Four. Uh, well, the, the full title is Doomed, the Untold Story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. So, as you may know, the Fantastic Four are the, one of the most popular comics of all time. A lot of people give it stick because they think it's just kind of like boring. Um, but it's it's my favourite comic. Um, I started reading it when I was a kid, um, and it's just full of the best ideas. And they were one of the first kind of hits for Marvel, and um, um, a lot of characters that we see now that are popular now kind of are spin-offs from the Fantastic Four, like obviously Doctor Doom, um, mm. and uh, Galactus, is his first appearance was in Fantastic Four, um, and Silver Surfer, his first appearance was in Fantastic Four. Silver Surfer. Yeah, he's great. Um, and so it's a, it a popular property. So it was surprising it took until 1994 till someone had the idea, I oh, will make a uh, live action. And the reason why it got made was because um, the rights to the film was, were going to lapse. Um, and Marvel wouldn't give these guys an ex- extension. So in order to keep the rights, they had to quickly pump out any type of Fantastic Four film um, but the thing is, they had no intention of this being shown to the public. They just wanted to make it, just to say, hey, we made it, put it in the press, that a Fantastic Four film's been made, so they keep the rights. So the, the whole premise of this was to make it, to keep the rights, and for no one else to be able to claim, um, to make a film, basically, because they wanted any future money. So they didn't tell this to the actors or anyone involved with it, so it was a real scam. So they, they got these great actors, um, surprisingly great actors, um, to, to play the titular characters, which Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Girl, uh, Human Torch and The Thing. And uh, they were kind of... I mean, they've done a, done a few things, but they were, really, they were thinking that this was going to be their big break, because it's Fantastic Four. I mean, even though superhero movies weren't really a thing there... Um, they kind of knew that this was kind of a big deal. They already had a built-in audience. So they turn up to set, and they're all excited, and then they realise very quickly, this is real low budget. For, for a, um, a movie that is 
meant to be high and heavy in special effects, they were surprised at kind of what they saw. But they thought, okay, they can just fix it in post. Um, so they do it, and actually, the one good thing is the thing costume because the thing, if you guys don't know, the Fantastic Four, he's a big stone creature. Um, who is essentially the same level as the Hulk, but maybe even a little bit harder because he literally is harder because his skin's made of stone. Um, and he often goes head-to-head with the Hulk and, and the results vary, but I would say the thing usually comes out on top. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they managed to do like a real good robotic face for the thing, like his mouth moves roughly when he's speaking. And... Uh, and yeah, and the, and the other, I mean, I'd say some of the other special effects are bad. The Invisible Girl special effects, pretty terrible. The Human Torch is like borderline just a mess. Ah, oh, he's so cool. He is so <laughs> cool, but when you haven't got a budget, you can't really make him be on fire and fly in the sky too much. Um, but again, this is still way better than the 2015 um, or the 2016 Fantastic Four. Um, but yeah, so this is a documentary about it. So it's interviewing them like a talking head style with these actors and they were all um, kind of disappointed with, with the reaction. They, again, assumed that this was going to be the big break. This would lead to a bunch of other movies um, and obviously it never did. Um, so this is one of the kind of first times that we've seen this story told on screen about the essential scam that this company ran in order to to keep the rights um and it's also probably one of the reasons why we never saw a fantastic four a proper fantastic four film till like 2005 um you can watch the f- you can you can watch uh, this documentary on Amazon, and you can watch the actual film uh, Fantastic Four from nineteen ninety four on YouTube. It is in full on YouTube, and I've watched it. And yeah, it's terrible, but there's a lot of charm there as well because they they're a lot more faithful to the story of Fantastic Four than any of the other Fantastic Four films. Um, spaceship goes up, and they get um, gamma rays on them, um, and called cosmic rays on them. Come back down to Earth. And they are they've changed into into these fantastic four, um, and it's got Doctor Doom in it, which is which is really cool. Um, but I'm obsessed with the kind of behind the scenes stuff with films, with film documentaries, the process of how of getting films made, and I think this is this is one of the best documentaries about filmmaking I've ever seen. Um, people may point to like Hearts of Darkness or or that really cool um, Shining documentary. Um, but this is to, this is great because this is about a film that's an utter failure and the naive kind of wide-eyed characters that were involved in it and also the people who were basically pulled off this scam. Um, and anything to do, I'm obsessed with Roger Corman as well. He's an absolute hero. He's a guy that made a ton of horror films, real low-budget stuff. Um, and um, yeah, and he introduced a lot of the um, filmmakers we see nowadays, like James Cameron, Steven Spielberg, all came through Roger Corman's kind of school of film. Um, so yeah, it's just a really interesting thing. If you're into films, if you're into superheroes, if you want to see the worst superhero film ever made, it isn't the most recent Fantastic Four, but it's the original, then watch Doom, the untold story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four, which is available on Amazon Prime right now for free. Well, if you've got an Amazon account. Um, and that's my final choice. Rory, what is your final choice of what to watch on Netflix? Anime number three. Yes, going going total <laughs> full anime. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a bit good. Um, but anyway, I would love to have recommended uh, Naruto, as anybody who knows me knows. I'm completely obsessed by it. Uh, yeah. He may be an animated character, but he's one of my heroes. I derive yeah. a lot of my morals and things from him. Great guy. Nice. Um, 
but yeah, I thought it'd be it's a little intimidating. I'm always a bit hesitant to even uh, recommend it to my friends because between uh, Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, which is the the second bunch of seasons, yeah. uh, there's I think there's close to nine hundred episodes. So yeah. it takes a while to ramp up, and I'm always. Hang on, 900 episodes? Yeah, something like that. I'm like, I'm How am I going to get stuff done? 900 episodes? They're like 20 minutes each. And you get 10 episodes in and you're hooked. Okay, yeah. okay. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm always a little bit worried I'm going to recommend to somebody they're going to get three episodes in and start watching it. And like, and like, where's, my, where's Jed? Haven't seen it in nine years. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's very good. So there's actually a sequel called... Um, uh, Boruto or Boruto that's, and that's the uh, one you're recommending yeah okay. so because it's it's quite new there's not many episodes yet it's um, on Crunchyroll it's second popular anime at the moment which okay. shows after something after what? after Dragon Ball Super okay I thought it was an Attack on Titan up there somewhere yeah when it's the season 2 it gets up there then okay. it slowly falls down but um, just a lot of nostalgic value in uh, Dragon Ball Super oh, so okay. I think it's okay, yeah. a lot of that so what happens in Boruto what's Boruto, Boruto so it is post the Great Ninja War, which is which is the part of Naruto. Part of Naruto, and um, he is the son of Naruto, who is the greatest ninja of shinobi to live. Spoilers! Like, yeah, I'm so we know this. Yeah. <laughs> this show is named after him, yeah. and um, so Great War ends. Uh, Naruto becomes basically the leader of the village and to be the leader of the village you have to be the strongest you have to be a huge leader you have to be uh, charismatic and and so he's the leader he's the greatest he's ever been and his son doesn't appreciate that because he never sees Naruto's father because he's so busy he's the most important person in the village Um, he called his son Baruto yeah that is very um, strange yeah I need, I need to name my son I'll, I can't name him after me because that's a little bit too on the nose I'll just make him rhyme with me Burrito <laughs> you do that a lot in anime it's like Goku's son Goku Gohan okay I guess it's but yeah so he he doesn't appreciate what his father's done he actually hasn't been told no he's very modest about it so he begins his life not seeing his father a lot and also everybody has the expectation that He's getting, you know, riding on his father's coattails. You know, he's, yeah. he's getting special treatment because who his father is. Uh, he doesn't need to be as accomplished as a shinobi. He can get through the ranks um, more easily. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. He's got his own little story he wants to go. He wants to go a completely different path. The difference is he's, he's very naturally talented and he knows this yeah. um, with his, you know, his, his, his father is Naruto. He's got all sorts of incredible background uh, mm-hmm. bloodlines and then his mother is from the Hyuga clan which is another very uh, noble clan in the Naruto world yeah they have special abilities where uh, they can see people's chakra points and chakras so they can basically uh, shut down people's body by hitting them in the right places nice. they can see long distances like yep. a bird um, so he's a okay. <laughs> very good mix there pretty powerful Uzamaki which is uh, Naruto's clan and Hyuga and so Everybody in the village is mm, a bit so-so about him, uh, but he's compared to Naruto, who starts off very weak, and he's, uh, you know... He's like the black sheep. The black sheep, yeah. exactly, and everybody knows Another good New Zealand it. film? Yes. Yeah, black sheep. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> um, and uh, 
So it follows him and his team. It's only just begun, so I don't actually know too much about it right now. But yeah. the the, the animation is beautiful. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a good one to jump into because you're not 900 episodes down. Yeah, exactly. That's why I thought I'd recommend it. Yeah. And, and it's it's quite light. It's very easy to watch. Um, you know, yeah. there might be 900 episodes to come. You could be yeah. one of those people. Who so do you, right through. do you have to have watched the 900 episodes of Naruto? To, no. To, yeah, okay. No. I mean, you get a little bit of background, but I mean, there's also the Boruto movie, which is the very, uh, which is kind of the like beginning. The pilot. Yeah, but okay. it's, it's it's feature length, so it's it's the, the it kind of introduces Boruto and things like that. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's on Crunchyroll as well. So okay, that, that might be a good watch as well. Um, so that just you know kind of introduces Boruto and, and the world post the Great Ninja War. Okay. And um, so is it like just basically? Um, Baruto kind of being almost like the the Satan in the same situation as Naruto where he's uh, also the black sheep of the village and it is how he works his way up to become the greatest ninja of all time yeah I presume okay, cool. so I presume yeah. so that seems to me to be every anime yeah but, that, but that's that's cool with me that's yeah. cool with me <laughs> um, cool um, and that's on Crunchyroll that's on Crunchyroll yeah cool well yeah that's it that's our six recommendations of what to watch on Netflix or any other streaming service. Um, so again, mine were Cat's Eye, this 1985 Stephen King film, Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors from 1986, and Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman, the Fantastic Four, all available online. And yours again were... One Punch Man, Dragon Ball Super, and uh, Boruto Ninja Generations. Is that the full name? Boruto Ninja Generations? Yeah, new Ninja Generations. Nice. Like Star tra- Trek. Yeah, I think that's yeah. how it's translated. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks everyone for, for listening. Hope you like those uh, recommendations. If you do, if you manage to watch any of them, let me know on Twitter at Jed Shepard, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Um, well, if you like them, if you didn't like them, also tell me. If you've got some re- recommendations for yourself, I was thinking of starting the kind of thing at the end where... If people on Twitter recommend stuff, then I'll just give you a shout-out and your recommendation. So if you want to recommend something to be added onto future episodes of What's Watching Netflix, then at me, at Jed Shepard, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-I-D. Uh, put your name, if it's not your the name on your Twitter, and the film, TV show, or documentary you want to watch and where it's available, and I'll give you a shout-out at the end of the show. Thanks again for listening. Rory, where can people contact you should they want to? Oh, I'm not on Twitter. Are you on Facebook? Yes, I'm on Facebook. Rory, R-O-R-Y, Solar, S-O-L-E-R. Nice. Um, And thanks, everyone, and I'll see you next week. Bye.